Welcome to the InScape podcast, where we explore the inner world and discover our unique power to create. My name is Tanya Nelson, and this is episode seven, The Ideal Relationship. All right, are you ready to have an incredible conversation today about the ideal relationship? This has been an ongoing question and an ongoing journey for me, and I'm excited to share what I have discovered and some thoughts and ideas on what this actually means. I work with 75 to 80% couples in my business, and the connection and the mirror of an intimate relationship is so incredibly valuable to answering the question of who am I? And really being vulnerable and diving deep and utilizing the mirror of our soulmates and our partners and other individuals and connecting to ourselves is such a massive, valuable journey. And there is none other like it. So this topic is fun for me because I have seen and experienced so many different and yet all the same patterns and uh, struggles to see ourselves in these relationships. And the ideal relationship is is a fascinating concept to me. So I'm excited to have the conversation. I can't think of many other concepts that are as indefinable, as frustratingly abstract as this one. It's one of those universal questions that plagues those of us who have found love and lost it or never found it at all. Those experiences make us pause and ask ourselves, what are we really searching for? And that train of thought leads us to this question. What is the ideal relationship? What is it that I can envision for myself? What is it that I can aspire to? What is it that this means? What is it that I am searching for in these relationships? When I have felt drawn to having this conversation, I quickly realized that it has been a huge question in my own life and a persistent theme of my business. So as I look at this topic, subconsciously knowing that the energy and the time spent experiencing all of these relationships and my own is massive. The value in really diving into this subject and what the relationship is that we have to look at and the mirror that we have to experience and what's going on inside of us when we experience this vulnerable, intimate reflection or connection. I have studied and searched the world over for what it is that we are striving for in, an, in our intimate relationships. And what is the model or the picture of what it looks like? I will start off with a disclaimer that I don't believe I have seen it demonstrated quite yet. All the masters, all the great leaders of the world, I can't say have shown what this really looks like. So many times you can see individuals that have evolved and grown and who are experiencing enlightenment in so many ways. And yet it's not necessarily the intimate relationship that anybody talks about. It's not about another person. And so as we look at this 
and and to see what that looks like, it becomes a fascinating topic. And it is worth discussing. I have some theories. I have some ideas that I want you to consider today on what this looks like. What is it that we are searching for in a relationship? And what is the ideal relationship? I want to start off on the surface. And in the programmed ideals, I personally grew up being taught that I would not be whole without a man that I was looking for my better half, that I was looking for someone to complete me, that my worth and my value would come from this man, this, this, this person that I could ride off into the sunset with, right? And so, and he was going to be the one with the power in my culture that there was, there was a lot of discussion around the power that we all had within us, except for that that was going to come from the man in my relationship. And so that was something that right off the bat already disconnected me from my power within. And he was also going to be the the ticket or the reason I would experience a celestial state or a, or heaven. And that was what God wanted for me. So I grew up watching my parents play this part. I grew up watching my, my mom, especially growing really tired of playing this part. I think she, it, it towards the end of her life really started to resent the the part that she played in this narrative, the part that she played in the story. And so she always put my dad out in front to boost him up and was constantly disappointed by the lack of power my dad actually felt. And so you can see where that would create an expectation and a disappointment every time you turn around. And, and ultimately, that results only in judgment. That results only in a disconnection or a distortion from the love that we all want to feel. And so over the years, there was so much expectation and so much disappointment and ultimately so much judgment that they couldn't sustain it. They 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 needed to see themselves. And so ironically, um, my mom would put him out in front of her and yet behind him, metaphorically speaking, Um, if not literally, I would experience the power that my mom was actually had within herself and that it was her idea, her creation, uh, her world that was ultimately generating the experience that we were having. When they divorced 22 years later, they never remarried. And I think they ended up finding some peace and love within themselves. I grew up believing that if you made it to your 60th wedding anniversary, that you had really mastered life. And it wasn't long before I really looked at this model. What did it look like to have relationships and couples make it to 60 years? And I found so much evidence of so many miserable years for a lot of people. Now, I'm not saying that that of course, staying with the same person for 60 years isn't an ideal relationship. There, I love that dream. I love that picture. I still love that narrative. Yet, I had a hard time finding too many people that had made it to 60 years and 
and felt love and didn't feel like they just survived in life. And so they looked like they were miserable for half of their life. I started to question that model really quick when lives were being wasted in the idea of sticking it out to the better end. And now I really do look at this and think, again, I still really love this narrative. And so I find the conflict in that and realize that there is an opportunity because ultimately, I also don't believe that moving into or outside of ourselves into other relationships is necessarily the answer either. Because that, again, is about searching for something that is outside of us. And I see that happen so many times as we start to get deeper and deeper into our intimate space, as we start to move past so much of our own fears and our own judgments, we start to feel the unknown and so many people start to feel unsafe and they their defenses really start to kick in and there is a lot of fight or flight that ends up happening. And so ultimately really looking at what the ideal relationship looks like outside of myself became a quest that has really been fun for me. So again, it's not about the the sticking it out to the bitter end. It it had to be more. That that allowed me to expand my ideas of what this means. What does it mean to be in the ideal relationship? And when my own 20-year relationship to my high school sweetheart started to crumble, all of the ideals and programs started to feel like lies and viruses. They did not feel real. All the things that I believed to be true or all the things that I had been programmed to believe to do did not feel accurate. It did not resonate because I felt as though I played that same part. And so I, I got the most beautiful opportunity to continue to ask this question. And so I felt like I had no choice but to start to lean into this topic and challenge everything I had ever been taught to find the truth for myself. It started in looking outside myself and trying to find the evidence and the model of any relationship that looked powerful and heavenly. The ideal relationship. What is it? I believe the ideal relationship is the one that you're in right now. For the very reason of every single relationship is a mirror for us. And no matter what we are experiencing, it is a reflection of what is in your subconscious and it's a mirror of what you believe you deserve or what your worth or your value is. As I started to search, I soon found that so many people were only experiencing lack and desire in their relationships, trying to get from the other person what they had been missing or separated from for a long time. And we know what it feels like. I'm pretty sure collectively we know what it feels like to try and get love, to try and get validation, to try and get safety, to try and feel connected by getting this from another person. Trust. Every emotion that we want to feel, 
we want this from another person far too often. And that is what we had been taught is that this, this other person is supposed to give us something that we have not recognized is within ourselves. But the most common and the most constant theme that I find is so many people are experiencing imbalances and power loss. Giving away our power to someone, anyone, especially our intimate relationships, is a persistent and constant theme I have witnessed in my own life and in the lives of every couple that I work with. And buying into the idea that someone is going to make you happy or whole, safe or worthy, are the lies that we have been told and it will never work. And I can say that for over half of my life, I put this to the test. In order to be loved, in order to feel all of these things, I was an overgiver. I was a people pleaser. I thought that I, if the more I gave, the more that I would receive, ultimately still resulting in lack. And the mirror and reflection was not getting anything, quote unquote, for in return, right? Not experiencing the same level of giving and ultimately, again, still in balance and harmony with the lack that, that both of us felt inside. And so I moved in more. I sunk into this question and I started to dive deeper into what I was really asking. And like all things in life, we are always going to get the opportunity to move into the inscape because that is what life, that's, that's how it's designed, that no matter what we experience on the outside, if we are not operating from the inscape, if we are not generating our own power, and if we are trying to get power and if we're trying to get anything from an outside source, the inscape, like a rubber band, will snap us back into ourselves in a way that looks like loss and grief and devastation and uh, dreams and ideas that were never received because that is not what life is designed. That's not how it's designed for us. It is designed for us to see ourselves and to remember who we are and to return to our own power. And so as we develop all these addictions and codependencies outside of ourselves, there is an inevitable uh, spring back into ourselves that is going to constantly happen. So I moved in and I started to move into my inscape and look at having a deeper understanding and receiving what it was I was really asking myself. Naturally, there is an answer to this question. It's just not usually the one that people want to hear. And that is the ideal relationship is the one that you have with yourself. And I'm going to say that again. The ideal relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Now, I do understand the amount of resistance that comes in because we are talking about sharing this with another person. We're talking about connection and I am too. And this is why 
people really resist this programming because it is not taught collectively. It is still taught and we can feel our egos and we can feel the resistance. When, when I mirror this to couples, it is very difficult for most people to really line up with this conversation or to buy into it and they can hear it and they understand it, but they, they move past it so quickly because they don't really want to believe that they are the source of all of these things. They, that, that is scary to feel our power. That, that does allow us to ultimately return back to ourselves. And as we know, in order to blame somebody else or to be able to give our power away feels way more comfortable for us because then we don't have to witness what we are going through. We don't have to witness our own disconnect and feel the, ultimately feel the disconnect that we have with ourselves. And so we really avoid this. And it is so true that the ideal relationship is the one that you have with yourself. Our collective ideas about self-love have become watered down in comparison with the reality of this concept. What is self-love? What is it to move into the inscape and actually feel the power within us? Self-love is about much, much more than bubble baths and days off and uh, alone time with the, with your friends. And, and, and really, that doesn't even hold a candle to what we're talking about. It's not even the same conversation. It truly is about being courageous and brave and moving into the unknown so that you can access the inscape, so that you can access the power and the love that is inside of us all, that connects us to everything, that is abundant. There is no lack which in turn makes it so there is no lack in a relationship, only abundance. There is always enough. That is why the ideal relationship is the one with yourself. So that we no longer experience separation. We no longer experience judgment. We no longer experience the disappointment and the expectations and the sadness and the grief and the turmoil that goes on in so many relationships. We wonder why we are so unfulfilled in all areas of our life, but it shows up. The, we can feel the most in our intimate relationships because it is so much closer to ourselves. It is so much closer to the inscape. So that is what self-love is. That is the ideal relationship. And to embrace it, to embody it, the process of returning back to the essence of who we are is at the core of the journey to the inscape and returning back to the essence and the core of who we are. In finding that we develop the truly ideal relationship. Now, for what you really came here for, 
what happens after that? It's important to note that I'm going here because I owe it to the question of what is the ideal relationship to explore it. But going here because I owe it to the question of what is the ideal relationship doesn't necessarily mean that it is the same for everybody. The truth is that you could spend an entire lifetime just trying to develop that relationship with yourself. It is hard work, extremely hard work. And from my experience, I can tell you that it is the hardest work you'll ever do. And yes, it is a lifetime's work. There is a light at the end of the tunnel though. And that's where we'll explore now. The ideal relationship, a relationship between yourself and another individual. In this case, we'll assume that this is an intimate relationship. But in truth, these principles apply to any of the important relationships in our lives. In this case, the ideal situation is that both people, both parties have done the work and are actively doing the work to know themselves. Last week, we talked about projections and specifically how nothing in life is ever personal and everything is a projection. When both parties are able to recognize that and have developed the maturity needed to own their projections, to be accountable, to witness their life and recognize that it's not the other person and recognize the other person's projections for themselves. So ultimately giving back each other's worlds, giving back the freedom, giving back the value, giving back that ability to feel one's power, then it becomes real and honest and the communication is possible. It allows for us to come to the table and truly experience what connection to ourselves is. And to be able to look into the mirror of another and be able to experience the love that connects us all. Being fluent fluent in this kind of work also makes it so that you don't risk falling in love with your own projections onto someone else. This happens so often. This is a common reason why seven years into marriage, things fall apart. Two people look at each other and realize that they never knew each other at all. That they fell in love with who they thought you were. The potential of who you could become. Not who they actually were. These are all ways of saying that they fell in love with their own projection and the fact that this person was that perfect canvas to project onto. When we see parts of ourselves in others that we like, we are attracted to them. Most of the time, the qualities and the things that we have projected onto another person is something that we have not believed about ourselves. This is where we believe that we are not whole and that we need the other person. But ultimately, if you spot it, you've got it. 
because everything is a projection, you wouldn't see it on another person. But we're attracted and we desire the other person because we have not returned to ourselves. We don't actually love ourselves. And so what we are actually saying is that when we're with them, we see the parts of ourselves that we want to see. We see our ideal projections. This is not an ideal relationship, but it is easily the most common one that I have encountered. It's painful to realize that what we actually wanted out of our partner was to see ourselves and that it had little to do with them. But it's necessary if we want to discover what true love really is. Love is not something we give to another person. I want to say that again. Love is not something we give. It is something that we vibrate. It's something that we already are. The problem that I see in 99% of the couples that I work with is each person is looking for this in another. He doesn't love me or she doesn't love me. All in the form of these things that I need from them. They are not meeting my needs is the most common way of experiencing the separation from the self. It is the most common thing that happens and that experience is the opposite of love. It is judgment. The very practice of this is detrimental to every relationship on all fronts. For the person that is trying desperately to give, it is an insult to the other person and a turnoff at some point for the other person because at the deepest level, we all want to find the source of love within us. And the person that is giving the person that is projecting that the other person doesn't already have what they need becomes a separation and not a connection. It becomes distorted. It becomes codependent. And ultimately, it becomes unattractive. And ultimately, what happens is we push away from it because the inscape is calling us back in. For the person that hasn't found this love inside of themselves, it shows up as withholding and lack and punishment and separation and disconnect. And sometimes it looks extremely abusive because there is a pattern of trying to get something that they don't already know that they have. There is a third experience, and it's the one that I believe to be the ideal relationship. And that is abundance in a relationship. It's about two people who have found the inscape and the overflowing and massive resources inside of them. 
it's impossible not to bring massive value to each conversation. And every connection that you have, it's about the vast space that they have created within themselves to explore and receive. Creation that is in alignment with each other. This is when we move into joy. The ideal relationship is all about joy and bliss. It's about receiving self-love. It's about moving into the inscape and discovering the resources inside of us. And it's every resource that is in the universe. All the energy, all the power, everything that we need is inside of us. And when we discover that and we know that we are the source, we are no longer in need or lack We are no longer looking for something outside of us. We are no longer looking for the other person to make us happy or to make us feel loved or to make us feel safe or to give us something that quite frankly, through our egos is an insult. As we try and give the other person something that they already are. I want to give an example, and it's a very real life scenario that I hear so often. So many times couples, they stop dating each other. They get caught in a trap of what we call real life. And ultimately what we're saying is, is they got, they get caught in the trap of searching. They get caught in the trap of disconnecting from themselves and giving their power away to all things outside of ourselves, our jobs, money, careers, uh, other relationships, power from another person, validation, all of these things, we start to give our power away and separate. And so what happens is, is so many times we move into intimate relationships and we show up with all that we have and we date and we put our best foot forward and we connect because of this desire to see ourselves. We connect because of this lack inside of ourselves. Getting validation and worth from all of these other things is what starts to separate this connection that we once felt, but ultimately what is happening is, is we are moving through the lack. We're moving through the desire and we're starting to ask subconsciously to experience something more real, to experience something more authentic, to be able to see ourselves in this relationship. And so as we move through the desire and what we think is love, which it's not, it's, it's, lack. It's, it's, it's something that we think we need. It's something that we think that we don't have. And so that's where the attraction comes in. Because again, remember, we're trying to see ourselves. And so what happens is we start to look for all of that outside validation and separate from ourselves. But this is such a real life scenario. Picture going to dinner with your intimate partner and you've been together five, six, seven, 10, 20, 30 years, and you show up at the dinner table and 
you start to try and connect over all of these outside things. You try and connect with what you have believed as valuable. You try and connect with how was your day? Who did you see? What's going on in other people's lives? What's going on in your kids' lives? What's going on in your jobs, uh, your animals, the things that you're doing? And ultimately what happens is, is everything starts to feel flat and surface and we're bored and we're not connecting and we think there's something wrong and our heads know that we're looking for something different and we cannot find the desire. We can't turn back to the lack that we were once feeling because we've started to receive more of who we are based on the mirror of the other person. And we started to see our strengths and that lack and that desire is starting to go away. And so we think the attraction's going away and picture yourself at dinner, really trying to find what it is you're looking for. And you feel like there's no connection and you feel like there's no love and there's no desire. And ultimately what's happening is we have separated from ourselves. We no longer bring ourselves to the table. We have lost ourselves. We have given our power away. We have given our value away. We have given everything away to outside things and it is not working. It is not connective. I cannot feel myself. I cannot feel the energy, the vital, vital energy inside of me to experience with the other person. There's no movement. It just feels flat. And that is why we start to experience extremely dead relationships because we have lost ourselves. We don't bring ourselves to the table. So in the ideal relationship, what actually happens? Picture if I am doing the work and I am discovering myself, which means I am allowing for the awareness and the observing and and I'm witnessing my own world. And so what happens is, as I start to tap into the Enscape, as I start to tap into my subconscious, as I start to move through all of these things, I now am a powerful mirror for my partner. I now get to mirror with them and go on a journey together. I get to bring myself to the table and not only am I bringing this this world to the table, I'm bringing the power and the passion and the universe and everything with me as I go. But we have to get curious about our lives. We have to get curious about what's going on inside of us. We have to know ourselves We have to trust ourselves. And as we do that, we can really show up. Now we're at the dinner table and we're talking about our passions and we're exploring and we're listening and there's abundance and there's no expectations and we're creating and we're creating very similar alignment in our worlds and it is powerful and there's movement and there's energy and there's curiosity and there's excitement and there's feeling and there's there's all the the movement inside of ourselves and that activates everything inside of us it activates the very experience that we are looking for but we're not depleted 
We're not in a drought. We are not separated from ourselves. We bring ourselves to the table. The more you move into the inscape, the more you love yourself, the more you discover your power to create, the more you actually return to what has always been there, the more you explore, the more you have to give, the more you have to share, the more value you have to mirror and and bring to the table and picture how powerful that dinner is now. Intimacy. We are now experiencing true intimacy. Remember, intimacy is in to me, I see. In to me, I see. And the more I see myself, the more I can recognize you. The more I feel connected to everything, the more connected I am to myself, the more connected I am to everyone else. That is the ideal relationship. That is the power that we have to connect. So in the ideal relationship, two people have done enough work that they are able to recognize what they are projecting, what the other party is projecting. And what's underneath all of that? The real energy and the real attraction to the other person in this relationship, true love, not lack. That connection is possible because you can actually see the other person clearly and fall in actual love to be in love. Not to get love, to be in love. Every piece of them, even the pieces that are completely separate from you, you honor. Because the truth is, is we are all the same. We want the same things. We all come from the same place. We all have the same potential energy inside of us. We all have the same vast universe that we are connected to. We are all gods and goddesses of our world. This is an active process. And it will be an active process until the day we die. A commitment to always growing, learning, failing, hurting, healing, The ability to hold space for each other is a beautiful practice that ensures a lasting relationship. Life is not a flat line. And to commit to each other, to commit to the evolution of each other, that is connection. When we love ourselves, when we return to the inscape when we realize that there is a there is nothing but abundance there is nothing but overflowing love and value that we get to bring to any table to any relationship to any job anywhere that is the ideal relationship that we have to everything 
not just our intimate relationships, our relationship to ourselves, to our body, to our finances, to our our kids, our partners, our parents, to coworkers, to everything that is available in the world, to see the world as abundant. That is the ideal relationship. I loved this conversation. I'm so excited to have this conversation and to explore what it means for you. Moving into the inscape, sinking into yourself, getting curious, feeling the power and love, not the lack. Welcome to the inscape. <laughs>